0: My name is Heather. I dispense Materia Medica to enrich your life. My shop doesn't look as sophisticated as modern-day pharmacies, but I essentially perform the same services in addition to some more unique fare. Hello and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get-off-my-lawn cast, featuring the curmudgeonly yet open-minded musings of two guys in their early 40s as they stare down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your (laughs) co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and I'm joined as always by the slim, by the dynamic, by the irascible Noah Tarno of The Big Quiz Thing. How are you, Noah?
1: I am well, Mr. Scurry. Always nice to
0: hear your voice. It is great to be with you again recording, and... And today's episode, our topic...
1: Speaking of hearing voices,
0: yes. (laughs) ...is the ineffable ASMR. We are talking about autonomous sensory meridian response. Bear with us, folks. If you don't know what this is, you're going to have an education by the time we're done here.
1: If you don't know what this is, you're like me 24 hours ago.
0: (laughs) This is a little random, but I think you're going to like it. ASMR is an experience characterized by a static-like or tingling sensation on the skin, which typically begins in the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. It's been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia. Again, this is the uh, Wikipedia entry. Autonomous sensory meridian response signifies a subjective experience of low-grade euphoria, characterized by a combination of positive feelings and a distinct static-like tingling sensation on the skin. It is most commonly triggered by specific acoustic visual and digital media stimuli, less commonly by an attentional control. So that's all a very fancy way of saying this is a subjective phenomenon that uh, a lot of people have made videos on YouTube to essentially perform in front of a private audience. Uh, They get a camera, they look right into it, and they get very sensitive microphones, frequently binaural microphones that mimic human hearing a left and a right channel. And they do any number of strange phenomena uh, into the camera, whether it is... Gesticulations Whispering Countdowns Mastication Tapping scratching Scratching
1: Saw a lot of scratching Handling small Delicate items
0: Yeah That's true It's so idiosyncratic This is something that When me and Noah Were discussing this beforehand He asked me how I heard about it And the thing is It's like I'd already Had this feeling I think a lot of us have Had this particular feeling That tingling sensation On your scalp It's this um, I don't know if you describe it As an aura or what But I had it for years Since I was a kid And it was trying to figure out what the hell would you call something like that. So I just assumed it was a generous experience that I had without any ability to communicate it to somebody else. I happened to be reading something online where someone mentioned, they put a name, they put ASMR on it, and instantly it slipped in my mind that this is probably what I've been experiencing my whole life. Did a little searching, came up with YouTube, and there's an abundance of YouTube material.
1: Oh, yes, there is.
0: All these people who make channels, all these people who are there are called ASM artists who yes. perform this for crowds small and crowds large um, and so this was Noah's uh, big introduction to ASMR so I'm gonna st- <laughs> I'm gonna start by asking my August co-host Noah what do you make yeah. of it did you enjoy it what do you think
1: the big question here did you get it and in this case I think it's a it's a complicated question so I watched a bunch of these videos they were not unpleasant I watched women whispering uh speaking with very enunciating voices. <laughs> uh, I rolled my eyes at some of it, but I felt some pleasant sensations. From what I read, also just uh, reading some articles about it online, definitely some people are more susceptible to this than others. It sounds like you are, Bill. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I listened to the uh, This American Life segment where this writer, Andrea Siegel, talked about had a very similar experience to you where she always knew she had this thing and she assumed it she was the only one and then she stumbled upon it on the internet. So some people are more susceptible to it than others. I'm guessing that I'm not that susceptible. Though I did feel something, but it didn't start from my scalp and move down the way it's traditionally described. I felt a little tingling in my head. Uh, I felt some tingling in my toes. And my teeth and it was not unpleasant and I actually might go back to this at some point maybe to help myself relax or something like that in that sense I get it I'm not sure that it's really at least for me a phenomenon even worth remarking upon you know there are a lot of good feelings you get day in and day out but there aren't a series of videos about the good feeling of turning your pillow over to the cool side in the middle of the night
0: I'm taking that by the way that's a great yeah, idea Yeah, you're,
1: you're starting yeah you're, you're gonna be a YouTube star of turning cool <laughs> pillows.
0: <over. laughs> and uh, anti-semitism so, too I just want to mix it up a little bit yeah. And get yeah. in trouble. Well,
1: no, one, no one talks about that. Do I do I get the sensation? Somewhat. Do I get the phenomenon? Uh, not enough to understand why this is a phenomenon. So if you ask, as we usually ask, do you get it in terms of do you understand why it's a hot thing? I guess I don't, but maybe I am physiologically or perhaps more to the point mentally not predisposed to get it on that level
0: maybe like a tooth which needs a root canal you're somehow dead inside and just we, we knew
1: that already you know
0: what was once red and pulsing with life is now black and uh, cartilaginous uh, or something like that
1: i will say this there's a bit of an elephant in the room here and i don't know if you're planning to jumping on this later but a lot of people accuse asmr videos of being erotic and having a sexual component yeah i was gonna ask uh, you about and, that sure Right, and from a newcomer's point of view, there's definitely something fetishistic about a lot of these videos and mm-hmm. most of these ASM artists are young, not bad-looking women. There's something to that. Apparently, early on people were calling it a brain orgasm, which I think orgasm is completely wrong because it's a it didn't seem to have any kind of climax. It seemed to be kind of a steady pleasant experience. Yes, which exactly. is the opp- which is kind of the opposite of the whole point of an orgasm, I guess. But what do I know? Um <laughs> So, oh, that's that's a whole other episode. So, yeah, I mean, I guess there's something fetish, but it's all about how you receive it. I mean, frankly, from my experience... If you're defending something and saying it's not erotic, you've usually already lost that battle. If someone <laughs> says it's erotic, it's erotic to them. And, right. you know, who are you to judge what turns them up? I don't know. I mean, whatever. Like, I guess it's pleasant stuff, but I don't get it. It's not for me. But maybe it's not going to ever be for me, just uh, the way I'm
0: wired. You know what I think this is like? I was drawing the analogy to the very first time I was in a mall back in 93, and I saw a magic eye painting. You know, the idea that <laughs> you're supposed to stare at this thing. And I remember some people yeah. just could not yeah. click their vision. They couldn't get whatever yeah. that is you cross your eyes and you see it. And I could. I, I could instantly go in there and see, oh, yeah, it's a wolf or it's, you know, trees or it's the letter J or something like that. This is kind of a little bit like the the audiovisual equivalent of a magic eye painting. Some people get it, some people hmm. don't. If you do get it, if it's your thing, then I think you become like a crack addict. You become like an absolute oh, yeah. desperate maniac where you're just like jonesing, your eye sockets sink, uh, you know. Your well, eyes again, y-
1: you got to listen to this this American Life thing because she basically spe- says she was spending like three, four hours a day watching these videos. Yeah. In between becoming a best-selling novelist, <laughs> but, you know.
0: There's, it's a strange phenomenon for whatever it's worth. It's highly subjective. That really is what this comes down to is that I, I, you have alluded to before. For the idea that there are any number of what they call triggers that these ASM artists are going through. And the triggers vary from person to person. So you can watch a billion videos and not hit the sort of very specific idiosyncratic combination of things that might turn the experience on for you. And again— some people have what is it called misophonia misotonia, where they can't uh
1: misophonia, I think. misophonia misophonia i don't know something
0: like that right where they can't deal with people chewing it can't deal with mouth noises the sort of wet palpation of lip and tongue my wife hates those things other people this it activates the sensation instantly where you're listening to that sound and there's something very crickly or crackly or well squishy about it i will
1: say this of the videos i watched the one that mm. most affected me was this woman eating pickles and it helped that she had an extremely sensitive microphone But she was opening like one of those little pickle bags with a juice in it. And then she's like rubbing her fingers along the side of the pickle and she's biting and chewing the pickle. It it clicked something in me that didn't feel erotic. So I get it. These people are defensive about it. I think they have justification in that.
0: Uh, So yeah, so I guess
1: eating pickles is my
0: thing. I think there's a pretty naked component of eroticism to this in some cases. You could look at some of this and see a, or listen to a young, comely woman with a very soothing voice coo a little bit and whisper. Yeah. It could blur yeah. the line between something maternal and something sensual or sexual. Yeah, There are some ASM artists who are very obviously doing cheesecake teasy type things, skirting the yeah. lines of what AS, uh, what YouTube rather considers family-friendly yeah. content. I will say that my consumption of ASMR is 99.9% limited to female ASM artists. And whether that says something about there is a sexual component or there's a maternal component or there's some Something like that. There's one guy I listen to. This is very. This is going to sound very specific. It's an Englishman who lives down uh, by Brighton. He is a born again Christian who does a Reiki <laughs> channel. And <laughs> he looks into the camera and he he's got this. He looks a little bit like a little bit of a dissolute Tom Hanks, right? And he's got this. Wait, very— Wait, what's this
1: guy's name? I'm going to look him up right now. His
0: name, his name is uh, Neil Cooper. Neil Cooper ASMR, and he does this very soothing uh, Reiki, which I had no idea what the fuck Reiki was before I started watching ASMR. Are. And Reiki is the idea of putting hands, it's energy through hands. You know, it's a real life thing. People pay,
1: yeah. uh, quote oh, yeah. unquote,
0: experts to do Reiki. I,
1: I had Reiki done once.
0: You, yeah. It's pseudoscience. You got to buy into it. It's like, yes, it's like crystals, do. acupuncture, energy. There's no, there's no telemetry. It's just whether or not you feel it or not. But Reiki is like custom made for this shit because Reiki is gestures. It's gesticulations. And so this Englishman, he's not the only person who does this. But Reiki in particular, as a practiced visual format, is great. Because it's the hand gestures that do it for me. And so he has such a uh, paternal voice, and even his South English accent is also very folksy and very calming. And so it does this thing where it puts me into the place. But he's the only male ASMR artist I listen to. You
1: said something interesting. You brought up, you used the word maternal. And um, for the benefit of our listeners, I think it's important to point out that what a lot of people are doing is role play, where apparently what triggers a lot of people with ASMR is I watched a video, you, you said me that video of the woman pretending to be an eye doctor or people who will pretend to care for you in some way
0: yeah yep.
1: and that'll trigger some people i mean paging dr freud i mean there's long been <laughs> bloodlines. lines no i mean whatever oh, you're I,
0: dead right but yeah. you're completely right. I,
1: I mean uh, for all of freud's flaws i think he hit the nail on the head there's a reason a lot of guys want women who are physically like their moms and a lot of girls want men who are physically like their dads i mean that a i i think that's true and b i think it makes sense there is a blurring of the line there, the tender care. So again, I'm not accusing all ASMR of being erotic, but it all goes
0: into the big bowl. There's one ASMR artist. One of my favorites is this woman from the Bay Area named Fairy Char. Her name is Charlotte. She's. Yeah, I, I watched. I watched her. Yeah, she's great. There's just something about her cadence. Her ASMR is really asexual. But I understand that when she builds her ASMR performances, her role plays, she has said she's doing it from the perspective of talking to a child. And I think that once that snapped in my head that she was talking to her audience as if you were 12 years old, as if you were 11 years old. You were looking for reassurance.
1: I would not put much stock in too much stock into what she says because she struck me as the least professional of all these people. Um, <laughs> professional. I mean, I, there's no I, accreditation. I quoted her here. I want this to be a special brain case massage. Yeah. I just found, I mean, this gets at something later when we talk about are we jealous of these people. I don't like it when something is very popular and it was done with very little preparation. Uh-huh. She's scratching on what looks like a stereo component.
0: Well, it's also ad hoc too. It I is. mean, that's the it thing. Is. It winds up being a discussion of, of YouTube culture and the fact that this is merely one of the Hydra heads of fan-made self-taped media. And this is a right. format right. much like makeup tutorials much like video game recording, much like PewDiePie, much like any of these other people who've banged around through YouTube and have become top performers... And the top earners, I think, are this this is a woman named Heather Feather and there's a woman named Maria. Uh, she goes by Gentle Whispering. She's from Baltimore. I think she's the top earner on YouTube for all ASMR. And I couldn't tell you exactly how much money she makes from YouTube, but I know that she does fairly well for herself because she has a new car. She's driving around in like a brand new Audi that she does ASMR while she's driving around the Baltimore area. And hey, no hating, man. I think it's great. But it's just a very strange thing that this has gone from being a weird, quirky sideline into a booming industry that makes YouTube slash Google a lot of money. Hello, my name is Maria, and I'm here to tell you about ASMR, Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. It's a pleasant, tingling feeling that you experience when you hear unique, Soft voices or hear certain soothing sounds. Why is this a thing? Why is this a phenomenon? It's almost like a key inside of a lock where if you get ASMR, you are hooked like uh, Chris Rock in New Jack City, you know, you (laughs) are just jacked in there. It's like me at this point, I am a Patreon supporter of a bunch of ASMR pages. I don't give a ton of money, but I make sure to at least pay for the services that they're providing. You know, I'm not going to take something for free, much like I, I Patreon podcasts. Hint, hint, everybody. But I think it's popular almost because it's a captive audience. It's if you have something, if you're dispensing a drug, something that's like dope for your ears and dope for your eyes. And if you're eliciting this uh, feeling, this idiosyncratic subjective feeling, you know, you have no chance. It's like, what are you going to do? Not keep crawling back? I know that I don't do this every night, but, you know, I will get into like a half hour, 45 minute trough. Maybe around around 1145, 1230 at night before I go to bed of zoning out and just feeling like my eyes is it becoming heavy like I'm turning into one of those um, Cro-Magnons from 2001 you know I just feel like I'm devolving somewhat so I totally understand why it's popular is because it is not intellectual it winds up being a very sensory visceral feeling
1: but that's more about why you like it why do you think it has broader popularity do you think it's just
0: a lot of people like you Yeah, I think it's a lot of people like me. I think it's a lot of people like me. I'm not going to say that there aren't creeps and pervs who just like watching pretty girls look into the camera. Maybe you're not getting the uh, sort of tingle up and down your ass like you're intended to. Maybe there's just something very reassuring about listening to a maternal or paternal presence look at you through a camera, make direct eye contact with you through a a Zeiss lens and tell you that you're okay and tell you that they're going to take care of you. I mean, it sounds weird, but I do think... that there is how that's a panacea man how could somebody not go for that i mean that's not exactly my thing i'm getting the tingles from it but there is a false intimacy i have it written down here in my notes, actually, is a point I wanted to bring up is that much like podcasting, although to a much greater degree, I think podcasting, which is, you know, the projection of personality directly into your ears has always given me a false sense of intimacy. Like, I'm spending time with people uh, on a regular basis. If I'm listening to podcasts once a week from the same guys, I feel like I have a friendship with them I don't really have. And I think that if you have a stranger from Baltimore, this Russian woman, Maria, looking at you into your eyes and telling you in the most soothing terms possible that you are okay, and she's going to take care of you. I think it picks every single intellectual lock that you might have, and it gets right to something a little more childlike or or internal.
1: Well, I agree with everything you're saying, but I think what I'd be more interested in discussing is um, why now? You know, What is it about 2017 or the last five years, whenever this phenomenon has been around, that has made this popular? You could just say YouTube didn't exist 15 years ago. Or you could even say, I wondered about this, whether cheap audio equipment was readily available enough to make this possible. Both good points, yep. That might be it. Uh, Someone, something I read compared it to Bob Ross. Yeah, Bob Bob Ross is sort
0: of a proto-ASMR in some people's estimation.
1: I mean, I don't remember people talking about, ooh, I get these tingling sensations when I watch Bob Ross. But definitely people who, there was this sort of, "Oh, liking Bob Ross ironically. He's so square, he's cool. But I think it was more than that. I think people genuinely enjoyed watching him. How, oh, the happy trees was calming and all that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure most of the most of the non-hipster, ironic people in our generation who watched him felt the same way. I would imagine his popularity wasn't entirely based on people who want to learn how to paint. It was people who found watching him to be relaxing. Or people who like watching, you know, animal videos on, you know, National Geographic Channel. You know, I'm stressed out. I want to watch zebras eating from a fucking waterhole for two hours. And, and that'll <laughs> eating, drinking. So, and that'll yeah. calm me down, right? Maybe that's our antecedent and why now because of this. But I think we talk a lot about how people's senses have kind of been dulled or scrambled by modern media, by modern technology. And this is a very modern form of meditation. You're still looking at a video on your little device, but it's a very guided way of zoning out. And the fact that it gives you an actual definable, personally definable sensation, I think is important too. Because one of the problems I have with meditation that I imagine a lot of people have with meditation is they're waiting for something to happen and nothing happens and they get disappointed. And here, at least if you're like you or if you're like the other people who are more susceptible to ASMR, something does happen. I can see how that's very gratifying, especially now. I mean, sure, perverts and creeps out there, but why watch this when you could just as easily watch you know porn
0: well why you don't have to pick one? that's what i think about
1: burlesque too like i don't understand burlesque i sort of i get it now but i used to say what's the point of burlesque what's the point of a strip club this is 2017 you could see naked people just as easily in fact more easily than almost anything else in the world yeah i still feel that way yeah so i think this is a very modern current form of not only meditation, but of meditative counseling. You know, I see why it might be a comforting or gratifying experience for someone to make these videos. Why now? And also because YouTube didn't exist before and good and cheap audio equipment didn't exist before. Those two points, by the way, uh, should not be
0: understated. I feel like the access to the tools of filmmaking has really changed the game. And you can even go one step further and say that we're not done yet in terms of inventing strange new throughways and, and byways on YouTube. And coming up with new avenues of interaction and strange arcane arrangements you haven't seen before. this might just be the tip of the iceberg in terms of how you interact. I mean, I'm not even saying beyond VR or three sixty vision and stuff like that, but the idea of interacting with the human brain in a certain way that creates a biochemical response more than just something intellectual. you know there's there's something to all that.
1: I also want to say in terms of antecedents, uh, I mentioned before vocal fry, yeah which briefly for people who don't know, vocal fry is what people identified as a sort of sound that you hear in. I mean people accuse young women of having this, but I think there's a lot of sexist behind that. I think oh, yeah, stats and just as many men have it. It's the kind of talking where your your voice kind of has this crack in it. It's not necessarily up talking, but it's it's paired with that a lot. But if you go more generally, you know there's certain voices we hear in like voiceovers, like what kind of people there's a certain type of professional voiceover people. You know, yes, authoritative, but there's also kind of a cloying, appealing type of voice that you can hear in advertisements. The advertising idea is this voice is cloying as a negative aspect to it, but there's something appealing about it that perks you up, that makes you want to know more, right. that makes food sound more delicious that makes a product sound easier to use. I'm sure there's research because, my God, advertising. There are certain reasons that certain voices are appealing to people who make advertisements. And this is just from a layman's point of view. I've always wondered about that myself. I have to wonder if there are certain types of vocalizations that make people more susceptible to pleasant feelings.
0: You're dancing around a point that I wanted to ask, which is if you you thought that this was some sort of passive form of hypnosis
1: well i imagine that for people who are very susceptible to it yeah i mean i you know people would say like i zone out and i I just felt like i was entranced by it in the this american life thing they say how a lot of people seem to be triggered by a lot of stuff on npr and this guy saying how like you know a prairie home companion came on and he had to pull over to the side of the road because it it hypnotized him personally i think garrison keeler always sounds like he needs to pee but whatever um (laughs) I mean, hypnosis is another thing. I think hypnosis is 50% suggestion. I think you fall under its sway because you think you're supposed to fall under its sway. Well, that's how it works. So, I,
0: I don't think there's any question to that. I mean, again, yeah. my, it's worked on my wife. She was hypnotized to um, become a better flyer because she was a white knuckle flyer. Within two sessions, it wiped it out. She did two hours of hypnosis. Really? It was right. uh, incentivized. She wanted to. And so she believed she could. And it worked. I mean, that's really all that matters. That shit never works for me. Never. If I, was, <laughs> if I was a smoker, I know some smokers have responded to hypnosis. Not right. one, but they've done a couple, and it helps. It definitely helps you get over on it. But you're right. I think hypnosis only works if your brain or your conscious brain is somehow interested in buying into hypnosis for sure.
1: So that's why I wonder. When you first told me about this and I first went into this, I thought the most salient question was, come on, is this bullshit? And I don't think it's bullshit. I mean, personally, I don't think it's as much as people make it out to be. I don't think it's bullshit, though. And I think a lot of what people find appealing about it, and I'm sure there are levels, is they feel the tingling because they expect to feel the tingling. And some people might say I'm hypnotized because they expect to be hypnotized or they want to be hypnotized. I mean, look, this gets at the modern thing. We want someone to take control of our brains and stop the noise and and shut off the screaming in our heads 24 hours a day living in 2017 America. I mean, people are (laughs) desperate, are thirsting for this. Yeah, that's true. Stop the noise! Not just the media blasting, but the reality of... The worst human being in in the country is our leader. People want something to push these thoughts out of their mind. Flex.
0: If you were a person who still had feeling, who still had life left, if you were somebody who still could understand joy and feel love, would you like this if you were a kid?
1: This topic is different from our other topics, I think, because usually we're talking about things that are more youth phenomenon. I mean, even though most of these artists seem to be young women, I don't really get the sense that this is more common among kids and adults. I mean, maybe only in that kids watch YouTube videos more than adults. If I were the kind of person who watched YouTube videos all day, would I watch these? Probably not, because I was never into touchy-feely kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe I would have found this kind of a, a mental discipline kind of thing, and I would have gotten off on the Batman element of training my mind. I don't know. I mean, probably not, right. but it's hard to say. It's you? a
0: straight line. Yeah, me, I definitely, because I was experiencing this when I was a kid. It's just I didn't realize it was a teacher or it was a haircut. It was a voice. It was a gesticulation if I'm 10, 11 years old, and I just felt the um, halo effect on my brain without understanding what it was. But this is a even you know a larger fucking rat's nest of, Jesus, if YouTube was around when we were kids, what the hell else would I be watching? I mean, certainly right. this, there's of a course. lot of uh, you know borderline content on YouTube that's designed to titillate the young mind, whether it's male or female or perisexual or somehow you know, nascent, uh, nascently coming of age. Certainly, this would have been a gateway to other sensual things for sure. There's an abundance of wonderful things for your brain to find on YouTube, things that are very attractive, things that are very appealing. Welcome to Reiki Race, Healing Sanctuary. I'm your Reiki master. Fully qualified, here to give you your Reiki session. Please come and take a seat. I'll just tell you a little bit about Reiki. Reiki is universal life force energy healing. As apocalypses go... Do you find people (laughs) tapping on pencil cases and pretending to be eye doctors? Do you find that a sign of the apocalypse?
1: I, you know, I always think apocalypse. Uh, We're exaggerating, of course. I I do have some concerns about this. One is, are we getting to a world, you know, the the death of expertise? And I wonder if people are considering this actual therapy of some kind. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really pathetic. If anyone is, when you read the Wikipedia page about this, it's very politic about, though no actual biological effect has been determined, blah, 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 blah. So it's important to remember that even if this feels good, it's not anything real that can solve an actual physical or even mental problem, I don't think.
0: People aren't getting that therapy anyway, though. You're talking about people who don't avail themselves, either don't have the access to any sort of help, sometimes not physical, definitely not mental, because there's no mental health component. Unless you are a wastrel who lives in Manhattan like me and has all the time in the world to focus on their mental health and can go see a therapist one hour a week, as I've been doing for years and years and years, there's generally not a mental health component to anything in this country. And so I, I would almost say, hell, if this is the one bit of good mojo that you can get, I mean, you got to take it because this might be all you have. If it's as close to a meditation, if it's as close to Eastern medicine or something like that as you can get, I think this might be your way in and the only way you get in.
1: I I mean, I guess it is better than nothing. There's also the fact, and I know I harp on this a lot, but these videos are low-rent. They're cheap. They're not professional, and I don't like seeing low-effort cheap things becoming popular. I am Calvinist. I believe the cream should rise to the top. I believe hard work should be rewarded. And I don't like seeing cheap lack of preparation winning out in the end.
0: I sort of employed the elbow grease aspect of a lot of it, the fact that people are using their ingenuity to come up with reinventing the wheel. They're trying to invent new role plays. They're trying to invent new characters. There is something a little play actor about it, and I, I kind of appreciate that. Again, as a filmmaker, I understand the vagaries of trying to do your own thing. With the tools to make it at your disposal, people are kind of getting ambitious. Hi. Thank you so much for- Waiting, so I'm Charlotte. Nice to meet you. So I think I'm going to perform basic cranial nerve exam for you, based on your symptoms, just to make sure everything is functioning okay. Is your dislike based in jealousy and in the case of people excelling based on mediocre work i definitely understand that uh, that is a trigger <laughs> that's a trigger for noah tarno it's a
1: trigger for me yes it, we've, it we've, causes uh... some kind of tingling that's for sure <laughs> uh yeah i mean look i've talked about this before um i am an entertainer of sorts and i make money and i run a business but my entertainment career didn't go the way i planned so anytime someone gets a million people watching them on youtube i'm jealous of them sure sure i am jealous uh but i guess the question is not applicable for you huh
0: well i'm jealous of people who get a lot of views on youtube because i still count the eyeballs on filmed entertainment product as a metric a bottom line metric they're the ones that are getting all this viewing and i'm not getting any of it but i it's hard to be jealous about that because we're not making the same thing but certainly right, I, I would right. like it if i had as much exposure as these guys did
1: i have very little jealousy of this it's the same undercurrent thread of jealousy that applies to pretty much everything we talk about by definition you know if we're talking about it it's more famous than i am therefore i'm jealous of it
0: you're the most famous guy on this skype call exactly on, said on this before. skype
1: call i'm the most i'm the most famous guy who lives in my apartment
0: well i believe that takes us to the end so if you would like to find past episodes on itunes soundcloud go this is bullshit i'm not don't, don't, don't do that Google Play and Stitcher no, I'm okay I do have it you should tweet us at Noah and Bill show write to us at Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com visit I don't get it podcast and also go to iTunes and give us a review we're begging for him we'll read him on the air soon I am on Twitter at William Scurry I am on YouTube at AM Caesar my good friend Noah Tarno is on Twitter at, at Noah Tarno and he's also at bigquizthing.com
1: corporate and private trivia events nationwide we're coming up on our 15th anniversary this summer
0: and we're doing a big
1: public event in Boston, August second, and we are hopefully doing a public event in New York City around the same time. But you know, booking public events in New York City is so easy, so we
0: just figure we'll do it at the last second because why not? So I'm Bill, and this is Noah. See
1: and you next time. We don't once it. again. We will not. No, get
0: I get it. I get it this time. I actually get it.
1: A production of American Caesar Enterprises, 2017.